Hello everybody and welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to come over and join me. I am so lucky today that I am joined by Joanna Farnsworth and Kirsty Harvey, who are both surveyors and working in the built environment. Hi. <laughs> Let me give you a quick introduction to them. So Joanna Farnsworth had a traditional training as a quantity surveyor and will be celebrating 25 years in the construction industry this year in 2018. She became a member of the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors in 2010, is passionate, driven, organised and effective. Her strength is being part of a team. She has worked at all levels, starting out as a trainee up to management and managing other surveyors for some of the UK's largest contractors and has been involved with a wide range of products, projects including new builds of schools, fire stations, offices, hotels and high-rise residential and the refurbishment of some of London's iconic buildings. Welcome Joanna, it's lovely to have you. Thank you very much Natasha, it's a pleasure to be here. And then we've got Kirsty. Kirsty is the founder and director of KTD Surveying, set up in 2012 as a property consultancy specialising in commercial landlord and tenant issues. The practice advises a range of businesses to make sure that surveying services are accessible to all. This can vary from finding the first premises for a startup company, negotiating service charge disputes for a residential developer, or advising on rent reviews and lease renewals for office and retail tenants. Prior to this, she worked in-house as an estates manager for two national retail retailers, as well as estate surveyor and fund manager for landlord organisations, so has an extensive landlord and tenant experience from both sides of the issue. As a mother of two boys, she has juggled family and working life for several years, working flexible hours and remotely whilst employed, so understands the need to balance home and work life. A speaker at the 2016 Diversity and Inclusion Conference, Kirsty is keen to promote and support all aspects of diversity and inclusion. An advocate for small businesses and with over 20 years of experience in the property industry, Kirsty is a member of the steering committee for the small business clinics being rolled out by the RICS and joined the RICS East of England board in 2014. She was also awarded runner-up for best new business in the FSB Hertz Business Awards 2014. So has covered so much. Welcome Kirsty, thank you for coming. Hi Natasha, thanks for inviting me. So we've got five awesome questions to go through today which are going to really cover different topics from within the industry. So I think let's jump straight in. So there are so many different types of job roles in the built environment. When you are working on projects, how many different people do you need in your team to see a project through? So Joanna, let me go to you first. Sure. So um, I work for a large contractor. I'm currently doing a new build scheme. It's one of the biggest um, schemes happening in London at the moment. And I'm part of an incredibly big team. Um, so there are about 30 of us in the management team, 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 team on changes from a surveying team of six strong. So we're predominantly quantity surveyors. Um, we also have um, commercial surveyors and land surveyors working in the wider team. Uh, we have project managers, we have engineers, we have 
designers in the team, um, as well as a whole host of supporting roles, document controllers, accountants, and um, people specialising in the legal field. So loads of different roles. Absolutely. And Kirsty, how about you? Um, Well, for me, it's quite different because landlord and tenant, there's only uh, a few people involved in in the, the sort of projects. Um, so you have a landlord and tenant surveyor, and then quite often our VA is with a building surveyor. Um, if we're talking about dilapidations or the condition of the, the property, um, and like Joanna said, you know you still have your, your your accounting team when you're doing property management. Uh, you might have a service charge surveyor. Um, so there's a few, but because I'm working more on one property, um, it's more of a smaller team. But you know you, you've got your wider property people that you, you consult with at the time. So very, very different to to Joanna. And it kind of raises the point that actually there are so many different aspects of property that you can get involved in. And when you're working in the built environment, you do overlap with everybody else as well. Oh, completely. And you always need to to bring in those other specialists because, um, you know, if you specialise in one area, like you say, it's not just a silo and you have to to bring in those other people, those building surveyors, QS, project managers, um, you know, on, on different on different projects and different different buildings. And do you think that's allowed you, um, and this is for both of you, has that allowed you to see what other roles are out there within the industry? So it's given you a, fl- a flavour for the whole picture rather than just what you've learned and know how to do? Absolutely. I mean, the main thing I really enjoy about working in the built environment construction industry is you meet so many different people from different backgrounds. Um, One thing I really love about working um, within my team at the moment is we are such an inclusive team. Um, And as Kirsty said, it's it's not just um, your building space, your quantity space. Quite often we'll get specialists to come in, a party wall surveyors, um, surveyors acting for other third parties. So you really do get a broad range of um, different disciplines that you interact with and get a really good understanding um, for what others do. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that that then would then help you with career progression? If you, weren't in the, if you weren't in the career that you love right now, do you think knowing other people and understanding what they do would also help you focus about, actually, I'd prefer to do this and I'll give that a try? completely agree with that um so as as a quantity surveyor um we have um great opportunities to um actually develop our skills so um some quantity surveyors will go off into legal professions they will advise in uh dispute resolution and conflict avoidance mm-hmm. um Others, um, you know, you, you might have a um, particular flair for accounting procedures, go off into sort of like management accounting, financial direct type roles. You actually find a lot of managing directors um, of contracting organisations have come from a uh, surveying background. Okay. So it is that. So there is so much scope to learn about other people from the roles that you're in right now. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, I'd completely agree with that as well, Natasha. Um, and also because I've, you know, I've specialised in landlord and tenant because I love the legal side of, of surveying. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas, you know, I know others that are in investment and development because they like more the numbers and working out, you know, how much property or development is going to be worth, you know, and, and value that can be added by, um, you know, doing that development, getting planning, things like that. So, you know, you might have an interest in one particular thing, whether it's numbers, whether it's legal, you know, whether it's planning. And there's so many different aspects you can go into that, you know, surveying can take you that you might not realise. Um, so getting that that broad perspective of, of all the different roles is absolutely brilliant. Exactly. And it, it really is a way, it's a, once you're in the industry, you can see, you have access to everything else within the industry as well. So I want to move yeah. on to the second question. And Kirsty, I'm going to ask you first, what are the challenges that the, built, uh, that the built environment is facing right now? What do you think the challenges are? Well, for me specifically, it's because I do a lot with, uh, with retail and, um, you know, the way retail is going at the moment in terms of high street shops, you know, we're seeing so many that are having facing difficulties with, you know, the, the costs and, and, you know, we've got a lot of retailers that are going into CDAs and administration. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, from a high street point of view, what's what's happening to our high street? Um, you know, in five, ten years time, are we are we still going to have a high street? And so, you know, I do a lot, a lot for for retailers and for landlords of retail shops, and. You know, it's making sure retailers really can can kind of keep up with the online world and how they adapt um, to give the customer experience, so that we don't end up with high streets for the empty properties. Um, so that that's a really interesting one for me at the moment. But that's a very specialist um, because I'm doing the landlord and tenant stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure Joanna will have quite a different uh, perspective or on some of the things that mm-hmm. are more you know relevant to her. So, Joanna, what are you seeing? Challenges similar or because you're in residential, is there anything else that you're seeing? Yeah, it's probably residential. Um, so, you know, working in London, uh, the sites in London have always been very constrained. But what we're finding is we're developing um, more and more um, brownfield sites, sites that were very difficult to develop in the past and have been left. The site I'm working on at the moment um, had high levels of contamination. So we have to deal with the contamination before we can even think about developing uh, the site. So that, that you know, that's quite costly. It takes a long time to do. Um, the, the other thing is this financial uncertainty, certainly contracting historically, it's always been um, a sector that sort of like expands and, and contracts. It's very reactive to what's going on um, in the marketplace. Um, mm-hmm. And, and certainly with Brexit coming up, that there is a lot of uncertainty. Um, that also leads on to, to labour. Our biggest challenge at the moment is resources and finding um, sort of like people with the right skill sets. Um, we, we do struggle to attract people into the industry. Um, it's a bit of a war on talent at the moment. And, you know, we really need to be uh, looking at the next generation that are going to come into the industry and make a difference to the built environment. Yeah, I very much agree with that. And I think that there are roles out there for people to come in as well. As much as um, I speak to people who are very worried about the fact that there might be a lack of job opportunities, I'm actually mm-hmm. seeing the difference. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it seems like at the moment there are a lot of companies out there looking for jobs. Um, and we'll cover this a little bit more in, in a moment. But definitely it's one of the problems that comes up time and time again. There is a huge skill shortage and not enough people coming into the industry. Absolutely. And that's across all, all areas. Um, from your professionals um, to your actual sort of like your, your skilled tradesmen mm-hmm. out on site. Um, we have a lot of um, labour from um, Eastern Europe. Um, I suppose the uncertainty of Brexit, are we going to lose a lot of our labour? Um, it's not traditionally been an attractive um, place for people to come. I think the perceptions um, of what a construction site is like um is very far from the reality actually i think our sites are fantastic places to work we have all sorts of um facilities um and you know the the welfare standards are are brilliant um and i think it's just opening up getting more people to open up to the idea and actually showing this this what working in a modern um construction site is like nowadays yeah i think that is key like absolutely vital So let's move on to question three. Um, And this is very topical at the moment because a lot of uh, my followers are looking for mentors who can really help them um, upskill and uplevel in their property careers and and throughout their journey. And what I would like to ask you both is, have you had any mentors who have helped you throughout your career and why were they so important? Joanna, I'll ask you first. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. And I've currently got a mentor, I think, throughout your career it's really important to have somebody that's going to support you and and be there um i suppose there's a very diff- big difference between mentoring and coaching we can coach people and give them training but actually to have a mentor to have those informal meetings is so so important um and my current mentor i chose him specifically because i don't work with him on a day-to-day basis but he sees enough of what I actually do and interacts with people to be able to give me really good feedback. Um, And it's not always important to have somebody that works with you or even in your own organisation as a mentor. There are plenty of people out there willing, you know, willing to give their their advice and their time. Um, I think the the RACS matrix is a great place um, to start, you know, your young surveyor, starting out and network and make connections um and just the best piece of advice i was given you know never lose those contacts through your career you may move on to different company and um, but you always have those people to go back to those really valuable mentors i think that's a great tip of advice great tip of advice and kirsty do you have any mentors and why are they important to you yeah, I don't at the moment, um, although I'm looking for one, but I, I did have, um, and he was actually somebody I worked with, he was my line manager, but he was just brilliant, I could always go to him, ask any questions, you know, it didn't make me feel silly at all, mm-hmm. um, and was always happy to help and just, you know, just to talk things through and say, well, this is what I'm thinking about this case, what do you think? And I think, you know, he was, he was brilliant, just so supportive. Um, and it is great to have that because sometimes, you know, you feel like, oh, I don't want to ask these what you think are silly questions. But actually, they're not. They're just ways, of, you know, that you're learning that stuff that you haven't come across yet. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's it's really important to 
to be able to have those people. And like Joanna says, you know, it doesn't matter if they're people you work with or not. It's just knowing that you've got people you can pick up the phone to or just have a have a coffee with and have a chat. And actually thinking about it, there are people that I still do that with now. Um, you know, got people I used to work with that I pick up the phone and say, oh, what do you think about this? So, mm-hmm. yeah, say, saying that, I don't really have a mentor, but I still have that, that network of people that, you know, I can pick up the phone to now. So it really helps to, as Joanna says as well, just, just to keep that going through your, your career. Yeah. Exactly. Not lose contact with them. And also your needs change, I think, as you progress through your career. For example, now I've, I've been looking at, um, I speak to more people about maybe marketing or to the RICS about how what I need to have my own, to run my own business. And it doesn't mean that I don't still go to the pre- my previous mentors because I really love talking to them and finding out what they think. But it's also about adapting your mentors to your needs at the time and finding someone who's already maybe been there or has a better perspective on it than you do and using them, their knowledge and really building on that connection. Yeah, I think that's that's right. And um, like you, I've now I've gone from, you know, working with big corporates to now work for myself. And actually we've got a an informal co working um, office set up. So these are all completely separate other small businesses but I talk to them on a daily basis and we're all but we're all talking about what it's like to run a small business so you know completely separate from surveying but again it's the marketing it's the IT it's how you get out there and get new clients so yeah I think that's a really good point that your needs change and it's important to to kind of flex who you're talking to and what advice you might be taking yeah I agree so let's move on to the next question. How do you see the built environment changing over the next few years? Kirsty, I'll ask you first. Um, I think, as I was touching on earlier, you know, we've got the whole whole internet thing and, and the impact of, of Amazon and you know people like that, and how that's going to change the retail landscape. Um, and, and also, you know, with uh, residential. Um, we need so many more new homes and you know have we got the, the land and, and the planning resources to actually grant those I mean I I'm a big fan of, of garden cities because I think it's much better to have a planned development and a planned new community with the infrastructure and the schools and hospitals and medical care rather than you know lots of houses just dotted on the edge of a village or on the edge of a town that might not be able to cope Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd like to see more things like that and a lot more joined up thinking yeah. um, what will actually happen I don't, who knows <laughs> <laughs> we seem to be moving towards that and one of the things that I've I've thought about and I've been speaking to people about is the move from retail to industrial you know more like these big sheds where uh, retailers are now storing their stock and then they're having these deliveries spaces or and do you think that that is a possibility have you seen that yeah definitely <laughs> yeah definitely and I think it's uh oh, I can't think what the term is now they think they call them dark sheds or yeah. dark stores. that's it um and I think definitely because you know they want cheaper space um and it's a lot cheaper generally to have industrial than it is retail and if you've got the logistics right um then you know why pay out all that money um for a bigger shop unit when you can really you know narrow that down um and get your deliveries the next day or maybe even the same day 
to be able to to get those to customers. Um, my concern is that we don't want too much of that. We still want that, you know, individual feel of being able to go to shops on the day and not have to wait for a delivery. Um, but yeah, I, I can totally understand why people need cheaper space and, and are going down that, that route of, of taking on the industrial space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a big change we're going to see. Joanna, yeah. how about you? Um, how do you see the built environment changing? I think um, hugely going towards more technology, picking up on what Kirsty was saying earlier. Um, I think especially out on construction sites, um, the the issue we're facing with um, the lack of skilled labour force, we're going to have to be thinking more about off-site construction. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly on the scheme I'm working on, uh, as much we can prefabricate and deliver to site the better. It will reduce down the number of operatives um, we actually require on site. It will reduce down the number of man hours. It will reduce down the potential for accidents. Um, I think certainly um, in terms of technology, um, we're certainly certainly moving on into the world. We're already using drones on site at the moment. We're using Skype a lot more for our meetings. Um, and I can see that developing into apps that the, the actual labour force is using out on site. So um, we already use a fair bit of technology for um, sort of like snagging works and record keeping. But I can see that becoming more and more part of the work, you know, from the minute you get on site to, you know, uploading all your certification, testing. Uh, tracking your movements, um, even sort of like winning testing through to producing your operations and maintenance manuals for your end users. Wow, so it's a complete change of what's going to be happening in the construction sector. Yeah, I think we're already on the journey there. Um, mm-hmm. It will just be um, making it more more joined up. So I think we, we're using bits and pieces in isolation, but it's incorporating it into a complete sort of like cradle to grave approach yeah we're using bim um which is fantastic but we're we're using it um just at the outset of the projects at the moment i think the use of technology is going to become um more and more the norm used used throughout and you know hopefully the end the end users will get a stake in that as well Fantastic. And hopefully that would make the whole construction of projects so more efficient or far more efficient. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the final question, which is if anyone is looking to get into the industry, what is the one tip of advice you would give them? So, Joanna, what would you say? Um, So go for it. It's a fantastic industry. Every day's um, challenging. You get such a sense of achievement. Um, I think try and get yourself along to a construction site. Go to an open doors event. See what it's all about. Um, If you're struggling, a student maybe you're struggling to get your first job, why don't you go and offer your services? Go and do a bit of work experience. You'll pay dividends. And is work experience uh, as simple as getting in contact with the company and just saying, look, I'd love to find out more? Absolutely. And and what we're really looking for is um, 
people that are keen that show dedication. I have a student at the moment with me um, who was studying at your local university. So can I come in? So absolutely, all the time in the world um, for people to come in. And he's just been um, really dedicated. He's, he's come in now every week, once a week for the past three months to the point we're going to be offering him um, a, a trainee opportunity. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a simple email can bring around that. Absolutely. You don't know unless you try it. And I think in the, in the industry, we, um, we're so, so receptive. We're so keen to share what we do. You know, if, even if we can only offer you a day or a couple of days work experience, we will always try and do so. Amazing. That's incredible to hear. And Kirsty, your tip of advice? Um, well, I'd just echo what Joanna said, because um, I had a chap uh, email me um, just saying he wanted to get into the profession and could I give him any advice? And, you know, he came in for a chat, absolutely lovely guy. Um, and I put him in touch with quite a few of my contacts, which um, through that he then found found a job, which, yeah, that was that was brilliant. So as Joanna said, always try because you just don't know, you know, what may, may come out of that. And, even if it is just a chat or, you know, linked to contacts, that can really help. Um, and I think, you know, if you, once you're in the industry, try and get as much experience as you can in terms of the different aspects. Um, yeah. So if you can get into, you know, a, a job where you can rotate and go around different departments, absolutely make the most of that because you don't know which of those um, you'll have the most interest in or, or sort of be the best at. And it might lead you in a totally different route, but also it will stand you in great stead as you go through your career, um, having that, that experience. Amazing. I love that. So anybody out there that's listening, if you've decided that surveying or the built environment is going to be a place where you want to start your career or you want to even have a go, start looking at who you can get in contact with and approach them. And trust me, everybody in this industry is incredibly friendly, aren't we? I mean, have, have you all both had really good experiences with talking to people? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love this profession because it's so sociable, so friendly. Um, and, you know, everyone just helps out as much as they can. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I don't think you should ever go into writing an email to someone thinking that they're going to come back with a negative answer. Always think that in whatever capacity they can, they are going to try and help you where they can. Absolutely. Definitely. You can hear the passion in our voices. We just love what we do. Gosh, I've been doing it for 25 years now, and I still yeah. love it every day. So you just want to share that with anyone that, you know, wants to come and find out what it's about. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. This is why I love having these conversations. It's amazing to hear it straight from inside the industry and people who are doing it and really are so passionate about the industry so that brings us to the end of this podcast joanna and kirsty thank you so much for coming over here and joining me thank you thank you for having us thank you so much no problem at all So I hope you've absolutely loved this podcast and it's given you some real good insight into what it's like to be in the built environment. And there are so many opportunities for you to get involved too. So remember to share this podcast around and make sure that everybody knows that this industry is open and accessible to all. 
Also, if you want to know more about the private rental sector and what it's like to be a landlord or a property investor, make sure you come over to my website, www.ncrealestate.co.uk, where I have so many good materials over there for you that you can use to really upscale your property portfolio and also check out my members club. This is a place for property investors and landlords to join together, learn best practice, build property portfolios which hit their goals time after time whilst making sure that they're providing safe, comfortable accommodation for their tenants. It's absolutely awesome. I've put the links for both of those below. Thank you again for coming over and joining me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.